community and welcome to the Drop Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I'm Left Dog and joined in person, in for, person for just the second time in four years or five years. Patch. Left Dog, it's good to see your wonderful face in person again in the flesh. I can just reach out and just touch it. Which I have just done for the listeners at home. I've just touched his wonderful bonce. We could get some live facial hair touching on the pod. Maybe we'll do that for later. Get some ASMR <laughs> podcast releasing. Um, big g'day community. We are, I don't know, we're a week out from Supercoach. Or four days, rather, out from Supercoach. When you put it like that, it's quite frightening. <laughs> like, yeah, four, four days is not a lot of days um, until we get the men's footy back and thus, with it, Supercoach. Hmm. Unfortunately, the most important podcast of the year is also going to be the worst audio podcast for the year. So sorry to the listeners. Uh, shout out to Telebeats for the music. Telebeats, contact us if you're still alive. Um, and uh, shout out to all the content that's on the website at the moment. Like jump on. Team reveals are popping. There's bloody rookie stuff coming. Everything's happening. It's going to be a very busy four days. Oh yes, oh yes, it's going to be very busy, and we do want to give a shout out, shout out to the people making that content because they're wonderful. Yes, please, if you're listening, jump on the Jock Reynolds Twitter. You'll see a thread there from me about all the people who are keeping the website alive and ways to donate to them if you wish, uh, which I would encourage because they're all lovely people. They're wonderful, uh, but select dog. But as wonderful as they are, I mean, they're wonderful. There's no but here. <laughs> they're just incredible. Uh, but we're here to, here to have a chat about Supercoach. We're going to run through um, who we like, basically, um, because we've both been very busy and haven't really had time to watch a lot of preseason footy. So we're going to talk about the players we like and think could be good um, yeah. in the wake of injuries and preseason games and training the house down and more midfield time and all of that wonderful stuff um so we're just gonna we'll just jump into it i guess yeah we're gonna name this pod something like last minute supercoach advice but it's literally just we're gonna talk about players we like and think are probably good picks like uh to put it simply we haven't really planned ahead no shockingly who would have thought us not planning ahead um but Defenders. We're going to do it line by line for the primos and then lump all of the mid-prices in together because you're not supposed to have too many mid-prices, um, but we'll see how that ends up down the line in terms of how many mid-prices we name, and then we'll deal with the rookies at the end. Um, start in the back line. Who do you like? <laughs> I like a lot of players in the back line. Like many people, I'm going reasonably heavy in back line. I've got two versions of my team. Both will have four premiums in defense, at least. And one has Jake Lloyd, one doesn't. The one without Jake Lloyd is he misses round one with this knee. They're pretty confident he'll play. The one that doesn't um, have him is if he misses. So it makes sense. Obviously, look, Lloyd, Laird, you can't go wrong with these guys if you're doing a cheat sheet to pick players. Rory Laird, he's going to play in the midfield this year. He's a gun. Caleb Daniel and Tom Stewart are both in my side. 
they're going to score 105 points every week for you. And then I guess the other guy, outside of those four, which I think just about everyone's going to have in their team, Jaden Short's in my team still. He was there before the pre or before the preseason games. I took him out after he scored 170 or whatever it was, and everyone jumped on. But no, he's he's back there. He's likely the one that gets upgraded to Jake Lloyd if he plays. But do you like Jaden Short? I do, I do. I kind of was, you know, iffy on him last year. Just not sure when Hooley would be back. Um, what sort of was happening down at Tigerland with a few changes with players in and out of hubs. Um, but this year. You know, they've realised that, you know, this will probably be Hooley Swan Song. Um, you know, he's he's stepping into that role. He's very well suited to the new rules. He's taking kickouts. He's doing all the right stuff. And he's under underpriced with the new play on rules. He will score a lot more. You know, obviously won't be 170 each week, but I think he's I think he's good. He's currently in my side. He's been in and out kind of behind Daniel Lloyd, um, Laird and a few others, um, including the one I really like down back, who is an underpriced, but Luke Ryan as a defensive option. Really like him. I mean, that's that's it. That's the tweet. Um, was phenomenal last year. Will be freed up a bit by not having to play fullback or, or on a key position player. So should have more time to run off, more time to spread, more time to get the ball in his hands. Um and he's just a pod. He's probably overpriced. I don't expect a lot of people will, will pick him because there'll be the chance to pick him up a bit cheaper later on, but I just think he'll score really well and just have a soft spot for him. Yeah, no. Oh, look, 576k, he's in under 10% of teams. I don't mind him as a selection. He has not made his way into actually any of my teams, to be honest, but I respect him as a selection. And... I think if you're looking for someone that's not in all these teams, everyone's jumped on Jaden Short. Maybe you don't buy into the hype. Uh, I think this guy's a fantastic option. Slightly expensive, but, you know, still pumped out 107 points a game last year, plus the games where he wasn't playing key position, you know, key defender. He scored about 130, so he's got huge upside. Yeah, absolutely. Callum Mills, the other one worth mentioning, uh, was playing midfield, um, like Rory Laird. He's been... Set, spoken about as a midfielder for years and years and years that this will be the year he finally does it and this looks like it's the year um 544k you know it's not not a bargain by any stretch but i do like him as a selection and i'm trying to figure out a way to make him slide into my side a couple other guys that i think are worth just mentioning jeremy howe is quite underpriced for what he can deliver my question mark over him is obviously returning from injury, but also we've never really actually seen him do it. He did it for a few weeks last year, then snapped his leg in half. So I've got question marks over whether he can actually perform as a premium. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt he, he's got the capability to score really big and go massive, but yeah, can he do it for a whole year? I don't know. We, we'll find out. And Damo um, put his team reveal up on the site. He's gone with him, which I really like. It's a brave call. Not sure I can do it. Myself, Luke McDonald is in a few teams as well. Um, looks set to continue on from last year. Yeah, it could be worth starting. I'm looking to pick him up in the middle of the year. Nick Haynes not getting a lot of love from the Giants. Probably a mid-season pickup when he goes a bit cheaper. And Jordan Ridley probably in the same boat. Yeah, I think the one guy that has been in and out of my team as well is Sam Doherty at under 500k. I think he's going to be better than he was last year. Teams figured him out a bit last last year, but I don't think they can 
I mean, even if teams do lock him down, Carlton's going to be all right this year with Sard and Williams in the side. But I just don't think that's going to happen as much this year. But I'm not jumping on him to start because I just want to see how he grows next to Sard in the back line. Williamson, SBS, there's a few guys. I just want to see how they gel before I jump on him. But I think he's going to end up in the discussion at the end of the year. Right. Is there any guys you don't like for, as defensive primo um, options? Well... I didn't really like Zach Williams, but was going with him because everyone else was. Being suspended for round one kind of answers the question for me. Is there any merit to people who were really keen on him to actually starting him now? No, I think it's a get-out-of-jail-free card, and I think we should all cash it in. I think I think we're going to be struggling with the bench cover as it is, so don't go in with someone who's not playing. Lockie Whitfield, if you've got him in your team, you're still in a lot of teams. He's still struggling to breathe, so don't, don't pick him. Stephen May... Also uh, questionable for uh, round one. So if you're one of the pods with him, don't pick him. One guy criminally under-selected is Brad Shepard, but he's probably not going to be in that top 10 defender discussion. And if you're picking Shannon Hearn, do not pick Shannon Hearn. Agreed. Shall we move on to the midfield? Yes. Somehow I feel like the defensive line has more relevance in the midfield this year. There's just more primos that I want to pick in the back line than there are primos. Yeah, I don't think that it's more uh, relevant or whatever. It's it's just that I know which ones of the defenders are going to be good, right? The midfielders, I just there's so many question marks. They've all had injuries. The most popular player in Supercoach just about, or he's very close to, is Matt Rowell. Let's talk about him. He looked a bit underdone. Like I saw some of the highlights. I watched the second half of that Brisbane Gold Coast game um, over the weekend. He just kind of looks a bit... Um, he still scored the 100 and, 110-ish, 105. Um, Had 7,000 contested possessions. Yeah, like it's... I don't know why I'm calling on him, but because I love him, incredible player, 500k, everyone's getting on board, so it's not really a, a massive risk, but something there's something in my gut that's just saying, hold off for a second here, just have a look and correct into him. I, but I don't know. What, what do you think? Oh, I don't know. I don't have him in my team. No, I, no, I no. haven't had him in any, any of my teams. He Every statistical thing, the beast calculator, everything says he's the greatest player of all time. His preseason form, even though he was running at 70%, looked really good. Like, he scored really well. I still don't want to pick him. I can't give you a reason. I don't trust a Gold Coast second-year player to score enough to be a keeper. And I don't think 105, it'll be a very nice average for him. But I don't think even if he goes 105, that's good enough to start. I want to start guys who are going to go 110 plus. Yeah, if he was 400k and was averaging 105, absolutely, sign me up. But at at that annoying price, it's just kind of a little bit in the middle in the midfield, which, I mean, kind of a a really bad pun. Um, But it's just, I I don't know. Something about it just screams it's going to be... Not underwhelming. Matt Rowell will be whelming. This <laughs> he season. will be he perfectly will, he will whelming. Be thoroughly whelmed by Matt Rowell this year. <laughs> and from a football perspective, he'll sell memberships. He'll be great for them. From a super coach point of view, I, I, I just don't know. It, I hope it pays off for 50% of the coaches out there who are all picking him. I think I really want him to be successful, and I'll be angry if it is, but he's not in my team. I'll, I'll note that I'm running a four Uber Primo midfield and then all rookies, pending rookie namings, of course. Of course. But, 
So Matt Real doesn't feature in my team. He hasn't. And if I were to move to an M5 position, I'm looking at Paddy Cripps over Matt Real at you know 20k more or whatever it is. And yeah. I'm I'll say this: I'm not confident about Paddy Cripps. I was hoping you would be because I'm kind of sitting there going, I've, I've got Cripps in my side over Real. Reasonable, like 75%, 80% confident on Cripps. Wanted you to come here and convince me today that he's going to be incredible and a top eight. Look, premium, yeah. and that's not like that's not the answer I wanted. <laughs> Don't tell me you're not confident in him. He he was in my team until this week, and I've just I've I've, oh, I've oh, <laughs> no. there's no logic for me pulling him out other than I was more confident in having an extra forward and an extra defender, and we can talk about it. You'll see it in my team reveal. I've got a 520k forward and a 520k defender in my team. If the rookies work out, they could very, very easily become Paddy Cripps again. But I'm happy to jump on him later. If he looks like he's the beast of old and he's going to average 118, I'm happy to jump on him. I'm happy to jump on him. At the cost of an extra 80k? of, of I'll pay it. I'll pay it for him. But the guys I am paying for in the midfield so far, I'm pretty confident on all of them. All right, well, let, let's go through. I mean, this is the podcast about the people we like, yes. not necessarily the people we are were whelmed by. Who, <laughs> do, who do you like in the midfield? I like Jack McRae. I always like Jack McRae. He's a likable, likable super coacher. I think we probably overreacted to those games where he was on the wing last year and didn't score 700 points because he still ended up... What did he end up averaging? He averaged over 110 last year, right? Uh, he averaged a lot of points. He averaged 121 last year, Patch. And he did have a couple of games that sucked, right? So if we look through his scores from last year... Uh, bear with me. Uh, oh, yeah, we were disappointed because in round four and five, he scored 92 and 90. And we were like, this sucks. This isn't what we wanted. Guess what? He's really, really good. <laughs> He's really, really good. And I don't think Trelaw coming in makes a difference to McRae. We saw him dominate. Well, they all dominated against Melbourne. But he's just a guy who I didn't have in my team. And then I watched him play again and I thought, hmm, I should put you in my team. Yes. Uh, it was a very easy decision to make. Um, yeah, I'm in the same boat about Clayton Oliver um, in that he you know, had a, a few games where he kind of, you know, a few games in a row it was 100 90 sort of just flat scores by his standards but you know he scored below 80 in his career four times maybe five <laughs> times in his 70 game career um does not miss matches touch wood um he's just the most solid option there in terms of just averaging 110 just consistent low standard deviation has the ability to go really high, doesn't do it all that often, mind you, but just does not fall away, will be good for that 105 to 120 each and every week, has not left my side, and I think he's about the only player to not leave my side all we, pre-season. He's got a huge ceiling as well. He can score double tons. He can <laughs> score double tons. Not, Which he did last year. Yeah. I'm not, you're not, not going to happen every every week, but he, ha- he can do he, it occasionally. He can do it. Um, Lockie Neal kind of speaks for himself in terms of whether or not you pick him. It's not the ability, the question over his ability or his scoring potential. It's the price. Do you have him? Do you like him? What do you think about Neal? I have him. He's not someone I'm gambling against. If he sucks and only averages 105 or 110, the you know 50% of coaches out there that didn't pick him can tell me I told you so, but... 
I'm, it's not a gamble I'm going to take. Bankable captaincy scores every week. And uh, I should, I'm should. i just going to mention this not to freak you out. Klanova, I did just take out of my team. <laughs> Ooh, if he I plays mean, round one, he's back in. He's in the Jake Lloyd situation. Yep. Just I mean, need to he, play. Yeah. Don't, don't think there was any injury concern with him missing the preseason game for just, Melbourne. I think it was just them saying, well, you got a minor knock at training. Which there's no point running you out there because there's a preseason game. You know, he's, he's fit, he's ready to go, he's not injured. Like, he had a, a messed up preseason last year, still averaged 115, was it? A lot. Averaged a lot. 100 and a lot. 100 and a lot. Um, we both like Zach Merritt in the midfield. We both do like Zach Merritt in the midfield. We do, for various different reasons. <laughs> I like him as a future Carlton player. I... <laughs> Well, it was lovely seeing you again in person. <laughs> uh, we'll just uh, we'll wrap it up there. No, um, yeah, he is out of contract, which I hate saying the words, but he's also so just... is Cripps. That, that doesn't. I know only one of those players is going to leave us, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not not Paddy Cripps. Um, God, I hope we're not bad because if we're bad, it means we lose merit. I'm getting distracted. Look what you've done. Um, <laughs> Merritt's good at football. I don't think too much more needs to be said. No, um, we don't need to justify it, really, I don't think. But, you know, from about round... I can't remember what the exact stat is. We'll have, if you do want to see this, check out Barron's spreadsheet breakdown of every player. It's on the website. You can get there from the Listen to All Podcasts post. But from about round 10 onwards last year, actually, I think it was even earlier, round 8, he averaged like 120. You know, yep. he's he's a jet and he's in a contract year. I just think he's going to be huge. Happy to select him. Are there any other midfielders you like? I, re- I There's one midfielder I really like. Tried toying around with him last week, um, but just kind of haven't been able to put him in there. But really, really want to. Nat, Fife is life. Fife. Yep. Um, just a prolific super coach scorer has been for a long time. Just I think the the interchange cap will suit him because instead of going to the bench, he'll go forward and he can take contested marks like no other midfielder in the game. Can kick goals, can still rack up points. You know, can still have a fifty sixty point quarter from full forward um, because they'll look for him. The only knock on him is that he just misses two or three games every year. Yeah, and that's the reason I can't start him. I'll wait till he misses that game or plays the one game from full forward and scores, you know, 70 instead of 100, and I'll pick him up after that. Um, but yeah, I look, he's in how many teams? He's in 22% of teams. He's not going to let his owners down uh, until he misses that one game, but that happens. That happens. I prefer him over someone who, like Marcus Bontepelli, who's 20k more expensive. I don't dislike the Bond, but I like Nat Fife more. I mean, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I don't dislike Bond and Pelly. I dislike Luke Beveridge. <laughs> yes. And the salad he creates in the midfield. Just, <laughs> was it Damo that thought up the salad yeah, phrase? the midfield it's, salad. Bevo's midfield salad. Just tosses it all together. Just, oh, it's... With a drizzling of half-back flank. <laughs> drizzling of high half-forward. <laughs> or pinch of high half-forwards. Do you think Jack Steele's good? He's good. Do you think he's super coach good? Probably. I haven't. I haven't really considered him at all because he's very highly priced, and I don't know if there's much room for improvement in that St Kilda midfield. I'm just not convinced that 
yeah, he, he can take that to the next level, which means at some stage he'll drop a bit, and if he's still good, we'll pick him then. I think that's fair. Do you like Josh Kelly? I like Josh Kelly. I don't like all of the parts of Josh Kelly that keep getting strained <laughs> and injured and broken and causing him to miss games. He's uh, capable of being the number one super coach midfielder. Oh, absolutely. He's incredible as a just output from a fantasy perspective. Just in the same, you know, the same boat as Nat Fife, but more so in that he just misses too many games to really yeah. consider him. Missed three games in a shortened season last year. Averaged 115. Um, another guy similar similar boat. Not similar boat in terms of missing, but in similar ownership. Andrew Gaff. Luke Shuey's out to start the season. Is that good for Andrew Gaff? Is he someone that we should be paying more attention to? I think if he was a Victorian player, he'd be in you know 30% of teams. Um, I mean, the the thing that I keep coming back to with these guys like Gaff, Luke Parker, um, you look down that list, you know, the Mitch Duncans, etc. Are they going to finish in the top eight, top ten for the year? It's a good no, question. They'd probably finish top 15, but look, I just don't want to take the gamble on Andrew Gaff at that price at 570k. It's just not providing a huge amount of value. He's Sure, he might improve his output a little bit more, but I'd rather spend the extra, you know, 40, 50k and get to a Merritt, a Bond, a Petrarca. What about Tom Mitchell? He's capable of being one of those top eight guys. He is. If his shoulder's ready to go by round one, which apparently it, it is, I'll probably have a think about him, but without having seen him, it's a bit hard to, to go and start with him. Could Not be an in, incredible yeah. pod move. Not in a heap of teams. No, if you're... If you're willing to take that risk, then absolutely. Um, 11th highest scorer last year for total points. Yeah, I think he's a very good option. I don't know if I'm game to start him ahead of, you know, your Merritts, your McRae's, your Oliver's, your Neal's. Once you've got those three, it's hard to shove another 600k midfielder in when you then have a, chock, a backline chock full of options. I currently have a different M4. I have Travis Boak in my side. Travis Boak. Which, uh, 590k, he was the 14th highest scorer last year. Averaged 110 for the season. Had a very good year the year before. If you want to see all the reasons I like him, he's actually in Damo's team as well. And I have seen some interesting comments regarding Boat last year. I think they're uneducated comments probably, but that's okay. I think he's a very solid pod. I think he's in 1% of team. And I will put this out there. He's only in my team because he's a pod. (laughs) I had Oliver there. And I said, hmm, I want someone who's in less than 2% of the team. It's not my team if I don't have a pod, so Boke's in. I mean, yeah, I would be picking pods in different spots, but you do you, baby. <laughs> you do you, and it'll come back to bite you. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. It will. It definitely will. Um, anyone else in the midfield you like? No, I think we've covered all the ones I like. If we didn't cover your player, we hate them. That's fair. Uh, Sam Walsh is very popular. I know we spoke about him in the Carlton pod for those that missed it. I've gone off him a little uh, just because I want to see... Well, it's going to be hard. Round one's not even going to give us much info because William's not going to be playing. Uh, look, I think he's he's capable of being the highest scoring Carlton midfielder this year. But I'd rather gamble on Paddy Cripps, who's cheaper. 
He had an awesome run home, averaged 115 over like his last six games or something. It did Walsh last year, which is crazy good. Another guy I'm happy to chase later on, I think. I, and, and I also feel like maybe, you know, if I picked him, it's just a my heart, my heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you don't know how, how much of that is based on, on the facts and the numbers. And I've looked at the facts and the numbers and I'm not not confident enough to go with him and I'm happy to correct into him. Um, and I think that was the, the really big lesson from last year was that we can correct into these guys and it's not the end of the world if you miss the first two games where Walsh scores two hundred and fifties and is obviously, you know, the man in charge in Carlton or, you know, something like that. Um, or a player like that, we can kind of jump on board those Ridleys, etc. Like a you know, say Oleg Markov sets the world on fire for Gold Coast. We're, we can jump on those players. Yeah, worth um, noting, we spoke to General last year who finished fourth overall, I believe, in the end. Yeah, General Saunas. General Saunas, and one of his pieces of advice was, you know, you don't need to start the pods. You can pick them up later. You know, you can. the popular players are popular for a reason, and it's how you trade around that is really how you get through to the end. So um, having said that, I do have a pod just for the sake of having a pod. So That's why you didn't finish fourth last year. <laughs> um, just quickly before we move on from the midfield, a lot of people very keen on Tim Taranto this year. Are you keen on Tim Taranto? Do you like Tim Taranto? I up? like Tim Taranto more than any of the other GWS mids. Uh, more than Kelly, more than Green. I don't have him. And but I understand it. If you need someone in that M four, no, probably M five. If you're going a four hundred k player, he's a pretty good fit. He is another beast calculator that like like another player that the beast calculator likes, and uh, a a guy that void of significance should be able to pick up some of uh, some of the points that have gone missing from that GWS side. So it just depends where the coach is. You know, we hate Bevo. Leon Cameron's not much better. No, he's no, basically Bevo 2.0. He is Bevo 2.0. I salad 2.0. Did, did that I snack 2.0 reference come across? I think that's going to translate really well. I Yeah, I'm sure everyone will remember the fabled Vegemite <laughs> I snack 2.0. Um, Ruckman, do we need to? No. no I like Riley O'Brien. I like Riley O'Brien. Riley O'Brien's good. He's not Max Gorn. He's not Brody Grundy. If he was more than 60 grand or 70 grand, whatever the difference is, well, it's close to 80. If he was more than that away from Brody Grundy, if he was 100 grand cheaper than Brody Grundy, I'd have way more interest because I think he can challenge Brody Grundy for a spot in that, that pantheon of Ruckman. And I think their difference will be minimal. However, to pick him and only get, save 70 grand. Is that seventy grand really helping me? And also, is it worth taking on the fifty-three percent of coaches who have picked Brody Grundy? No, especially not considering Grundy's history and like Grundy's potential as a captaincy option as well. O'Brien hasn't quite developed that, um, in my view. That he's, I, you can't really rely on him to chuck the VC on him or chuck the C on him and know that you're going to get a, a one twenty-five plus. Whereas Grundy, pretty much do. Yeah. He's had that for the last two seasons. I like Goldstein. I like Rowan Marshall, while well, I would if he wasn't injured. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's too much more that needs to be said no. about the ruck line. One note about Gorn and Bro- Gr- Brody Grundy. During the bye round, they play each other. So you'll want another captaincy option, I imagine, in yep. that round. But while we're in the ruck line, 
it's becoming more and more in vogue and I'd like it less and less the more I see it. Rookie R2, Lake Dog, it needs to be addressed. We need to talk about it. Do you like it? As someone who once ran with Nanky Lands, as someone who last year advocated for, uh, who did I, who was I, Sam Naismith? Was I t- Team Naismith? Yes, you were Team Naismith. <laughs> and I pulled out at the last minute and left all our followers stranded. Um, like the coward you are. <laughs> it worked out, sort of. Uh, look, I understand it. I love the balls on everyone who does it. Uh, the, you know, metaphorical balls. Not necessarily everyone has them. Um, but I'm never. I'm not doing it. No freaking way. <laughs> no way. I'd rather just have a guaranteed 110 points at R2. Like, no. <laughs> what do you get from it? What? Who are you picking that's better than Brody Grundy instead of having Brody Grundy? Good question. Very good question. Um, yeah. You know, you could mount the argument that bringing in a Nat Fife or a Tom Mitchell saves the same amount of points. Um, or, or generates the same amount of points, but like Brody Grundy was the third best overall scorer last year, something like fourth. That. They're fifth. always he's the the ruckmen are always in the top three. Like it's <sighs> if there was if there was say a Sam Draper at 123k and we knew we'd have a run at it all season, maybe I'd look at it. But you look at Flynn, who's a under an injury injury cloud. Sorry, not Flynn. Um, the other one from GWS. There's Flynn and Briggs. Oh, Flynn and Briggs. Sorry, Briggs is the one that stood up on the weekend and played well. And Leon Cameron, Bevo 2.0, turned around and said, oh, yeah, he played well. Maybe we'll play him. Maybe we'll play them both. Maybe we'll interchange them. And that doesn't fill me with confidence for Flynn to have him on field. Lloyd Meek has Sean Darcy coming back relatively soon. They might play tandem. They might play tandem. Josh Treacy plays forward key forward at Fremantle that's not going to net you a whole amount of points um, Tom Fullerton also won't score a huge amount of points there's one other Ruckman rookie Ruck that I've already forgotten because there are too many of them and I'm not used to having more than one to consider at a time Paul Hunter like when Ryder's back does he even play does he still make them aside Royal Marshall's a couple of weeks away like you can't rely on any of them to last you for the amount of time it's going to save enough money to put down a mortgage on bringing Brady <laughs> yeah. Grundy in. My, and the other thing is, like, so there's a circumstance where I do pick a rookie at R2, and that circumstance is every other line at round one has no bloody ruck, like rookies named, you know? That's yep. the only circumstance I see myself doing it, and I would just rather... I know I'm going to get Brody Grundy and Max Gorn in my team. I'm just going to start with them. I traded Max Gorn into my team twice last year and I started it. Let that <laughs> let that sink in. Let, oh, 2020 truly was the darkest timeline. <laughs> Let's talk about forwards because there is some interesting discussions to be had. Uh, basically, yes. the same discussion we just had and especially if you look at Damo's team, uh, which I really like, but it's very interesting. Um are we not running a premium in the forward line? Well, I think this is at the st- this is now the stage where we talk, talk not only premiums but also mid prices and rookies in the forward line because you can't really split them anymore. Um, and I think a lot of it does come down to which premiums you like. And a lot of people are going through and going, no, 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 no. I don't mind Connor Rosie. I oh. 
who's the first <laughs> one I've picked. Oh, no. Um, and it's just... Like, it's always dire. The last couple of years has been dark, dark times in the mid, uh, in the forward line. Makes it fun, though. Fun is one word for it. <laughs> uh, that is one word you could use to describe the forward line. But... Well, who do we like? Who do we like? Patrick Dangerfield... I like, I know that he's, you know, had his groin cut open and operated and stretched and touched in the preseason. I'm not gambling against him. No, not after watching him score a million billion points in the practice match, or in the the first practice match, and then doing not a lot uh, against Essendon from what I saw in the first half, watching him and still getting to halftime and having 55 points to his name. You know, there's some players that I believe Champion Data does, does is very, uh, you know, they, they're not biased in their decision-making and points awarding, and it's all done on numbers and science and computers. But Patch Danefield gets a lot of points. He does get a lot of points. And sometimes you look at them and go, how did he get those points? I'm not quite sure. Um I, I, so even if I don't like him, I'm not gambling against Patrick Dangerfield. Agreed. He's just he's just too good. He's Josh, too good. And in the same situation as Fife, won't go to the bench, will go to the forward line. Yeah. And we've seen him kick five goals, six, and score 130 from full forward on one leg. If he's just resting down there on a tired defender, on a tired midfielder that's gone back with him, you know, he'll do damage. He'll average 115, 120. He'll drop in price, sure. Um, but who else are you going to pick? Are you going to pick Steel Sidebottom? Do you like Steel Sidebottom, like Doug? <laughs> my very first team, when Team Peaker opened six months ago, I liked Steel Sidebottom, but I don't like Steel Sidebottom anymore. He's injured, and we're not sure what his role is going to be, and it's just a bit... Ah, Tom Hawkins. Do you like Tom Hawkins? Mm, I do for draft. I'm not going bold enough to start him. He'll be up there for total points as a forward, he but will I will not there. start him. Yep. Uh, Leon Cameron has uh, not Leon Cameron. Chris Scott has come out and said, "Oh, we'll rotate players." And Tom Hawkins is in the age bracket and the positional bracket that he's going to be rotated. Do you want to more Bevo Salad, Josh Dunkley? Do you like Josh, Josh Dunkley, Dunkley? I do like. I didn't like Josh Dunkley, and he scored a million points. And yes, it was against Melbourne, but the role was there. He was in the guts. Bevo changed his mind. He used to hate him, and then a week later, when he played well, and now they're best friends. I'm not gambling against. Having Josh Dunkley at five sixty k in my forward line, uh, yeah, I, I saw the score and I'm like, he's placating him. Maybe he'll do that one week and then next week he'll he'll play forward or next week he'll play ruck or play back pocket in the VFL or God knows what he'll do. But the thing that made me sit up and go, actually no, I know, like the points will keep coming. Now it won't be hundred and seventy every week, but Josh Dunkley had eleven tackles in a practice game. He tackles. Having played practice games before, not a lot of tackling happens in them because players cannot be bothered. Like, it's pre-season, no one wants to do a shoulder tackling a bloke. To have 11 tackles in a practice game is impressive. Uh, You know, even before you start considering the fact that he had 20 contested possessions, 32 touches, took some marks, had some shots on goal, like... Yeah, he's one that I think, uh, you know, 560k... I was in this in the in the group that was like, no, I'm not picking him. I don't trust Bevo. I don't know what he's gonna do, but I think he's just gonna be good. He could play high half forward and still be a top three forward for the year, um, which says more about 
the rest of the forward line that <laughs> does. Josh Dunkley, Rowan Marshall injured. No one should really be starting him. No. Um, Dustin Martin. I like Dustin Martin. He's a safe selection. At He will score 100 points for you on average every week. He's not in my current team. No, he will finish the year as the fourth to sixth ranked forward. About as safe as you can go in the forward line. He'll dominate round one. People will jump on. He'll he kill us. <laughs> he will. And then and then next week he'll score 60. Yeah. I'm just um, happy to wait. Wait till he drops to 500k. Then I'll pick him up. I know it's only a 40k difference. It's more of a principal thing. Remember when yeah. I used to not pick forwards that cost more than 500k? Wasn't that defenders? It was everything, baby. <laughs> what a time we lived. <laughs> what a time to be alive. And then you get to Dane Zorko is the other one in that bracket of 525k. You quite like Dane Zorko. He's in my team. He is. There I do. I do. I think, you know, he played a lot of forward last year. Still averaged. Uh, what did he average? About a hundred. About that. You've just got maybe just over. Um, I have the prices for this year. Supercoach website is not. He averaged me. ninety-eight last year in the fifteen games that he played. He's getting older. There's some injury concerns, but at five twenty k, Cam Rayner going down, doing that knee. I think opens up Dane Zorko's midfield time again. I just like him. He's in less than ten percent of teams. That is that is that the reason that's you like him? Probably that's, the that's reason. The, reason the like smarter him. pick would be spending the extra fifteen grand on Dustin Martin, honestly. Yeah. But I, I like Dane. I just like Dane Zorko. He trended up towards the end of last year as well. I just think he's solid. I mean, I I like watching Dane Zorko from a super coach perspective. I've been on the train before. My lord, it is it frustrating. And I'll just like the first five rounds of last year. Dane Zorko had fifty two. 107, 0, 47, 0, and then did 119, 116, 106. Mm. That's, like, that's a bit of a roller coaster. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for no zeros. Um, like even without the zeros, he had, or he had four scores of 68 or below. Look, I just think at the end is... of the year, I'm putting myself in my future self's seat, shoes. Shoes, seat. Yeah, both. Thrown. I look at the total points for forwards. It's Dustin Martin, it's Tom Hawkins, it's Patrick Dangerfield, it's Dunkley, it's Zorko, and it's like two miscellaneous blobs. <laughs> but I know Zorko's there. And at the end of the year, that's what matters, is the total points. If I'm playing for a rank, that's what matters. All right, on the flip side, you know, that's four, four primos you want to go with. I've got three that I'd be happy to select down there. But... The makeup of teams this year, a lot of forward rookies around. There's a few, um, and a few uh, close to rookie price players as well. Does that um, does that change the setup in terms of we don't have a huge number of rookies locked in to play on field? In the, well, we've got a, a few in the midfield. We've got next to none down back. We've spoken about the R2 rookie strategy. Is that where you... You know, as Damo's done in his team reveal, as my team's been leaning for most of the preseason, should we be playing a lot more rookies there and then banking on Dustin Martin dropping in price, Dane Zorko missing a game and then scoring 50 the next week, and then Josh Dunkley being a victim of Bevo Salad one week where he gets played in the back pocket for no apparent reason and then doesn't happen again for the rest of the year? Do you bank on the price drops from those guys and then just start the rookies down there? 
Because we will go through the rookies down there. Yeah, there's a lot. Because there are a lot. If I do a lot of scrolling down, because there are a lot of forwards and most of them are bad. Look, um, I just... Here's... I've gone guns and rookies this year. Again. Because it'll work this time, right? I don't have a single mid-pricer in my team. I don't have a single player in that 200k mark. I've gone guns and rookies. Braden Campbell is my most expensive rookie-priced player. I don't even have German Impy anymore. I mean, we we did see that game. He didn't quite have the the eighty point role that we were hoping to see from him. Um, but in terms of those players around that price point and below, German Impy is there. Um, Riley Tilthorpe, Paddy Dow, Logan McDonald, Sam Flanders at one hundred and ninety k, Braden Campbell Campbell at one hundred and ninety k, Liam Henry might play and might score some points. Nick Cox, 175k. Michael Fredericks had a very good uh, preseason game. Um, a year in the system, too. year in the system. Archie Perkins. Have you missed Zeebel and Danaher? I, they're kind of mid-prices. Yeah, they're, it's, that's, that, that's awkward, but, but, isn't but, it? Yeah, Zeebel and Danaher are... They're close enough, con- I'd say. They're in that conversation that you could pick them at F2 and F3... And, and maybe feel comfortable, maybe you could sleep at night. Um, but you got like Ned Carl, Cade Chandler, and then we get all the way down, Chad Warner, Tom Fullerton, James Eli Rowe. Smith, James Rowe. Like there are just... Alec Waterman if you go all the way down to 102k. Tyler Brockman from Hawthorne, maybe one of the Melbourne boys in Bailey Laurie or Jake Bowie gets named. Um, you've got Josh Treacy down there as well. There are a lot of them. Do you, do you like enough of Because I like enough of them that I could justify starting four of them on field. Yeah, you're swinging me a little. <laughs> um, and just I feel like like we've spoken about how many defensive options we like and then the desire to fit in another you know mid-primo in the, in the Nat Fife or Tom Mitchell mould. I think the structure this year is leaning... I, this is my like from the forward line. The structure is that it's giving us license to pick one premium, say we'll figure out the rest later, and then just rolling the dice a bit. Yeah, look, the more you're speaking, the more I'm looking my team wanting to change it, to be, to be frank with you. I think the guns and rookies... So I'm having flashbacks to last year, 2020, where I could not generate a single dollar with the rookies that I had stuck on my bench... I didn't take advantage of the five trades when we came back from the buy, uh, from the four imposed break. I didn't have any cash generation. And I ended up trading in uh, Charlie Cameron in round uh, 17. That scares the shit out of me. You talking about how much... This game's about points, which I've got a lot of on my field, but it's about cash generation as well. And that's you get points from cash generating players to make points. It's like the Simpsons, right? I wish I had nuts. Well, money can be used to exchange for goods and services and buy many nuts. Exactly. Maybe I need to generate more money. And maybe there's validity in running one primo in the forward line or two primos in the forward line or, as we've seen, no primos in the forward line. To do that, do you need, say, a a Dangerfield or a Martin who are locks to be top two and then do you need a solid F2? Do you need a someone, you know, Zach Butters, if you're confident Zach Butters can make the leap into a top 10, top 8 primo, or 
say Connor Rosie wasn't injured. Tom you, Phillips. Tom Phillips. Do you need someone you have confidence in at F2? Can you go Patrick Dangerfield, Jack Zeeble, or Patrick Dangerfield, Braden Campbell, God forbid? I would like a step ladder. I would like a Dangerfield, someone less than 600k, someone down in that mid-300s, 270 range, Zeeble, rookie, rookie, rookie. I'd like some sort of step ladder personally if I was going to add in another rookie onto my field for cash generation. The other consideration is running. If you think the forward rookies slash cheapies are going to be better options than the midfield or the defensive rookies and cheapies, Push Dangerfield into your midfield, run six deep in the midfield, six 600k players if you want, and have no primos on the forward line. I actually don't have an issue with that if you're making up those primos. I don't want you to lose primos in your overall team. Like I want you to have whatever it is, 12, 13 keepers to start. I don't care where they are on the field. Yeah. If you've still got you know seven guns in the midfield and none in the forward line, I actually don't mind that because you can bring them in later. Scares the shit out of me, though. I'd, I'd like to have Dangerfield in my team. I'd like to have Josh Dunkley in my team. Yeah. it's. Uh, I think it's a conversation worth having, especially when... Yeah, when you get Campbell, Warner, Rowe, you know, Waterman will play, Harry Jones will play, won't score incredibly well. There are enough rookies that are going to play and get a decent run at it. Maybe Tyler Brockman's one of them as well. You know, Josh Treacy and Fullerton, if you want to put one of them in the ruck line as well and then switch them, you know, depending on who's playing, I think there's enough flexibility that it's it's something you should consider in and of yourself. You should go outside, find somewhere nice and quiet, under a tree. Listen to the Jock Meditation tape. Listen to the Jock medica- Meditation podcast and just find what feels right for you. If, it, if you can't go without having Dangerfield and Dunkley and then a Jai Caldwell at F3, don't. But I think I think this year it's really valid. Like, I've done rookies at F3 for several years now yeah. with varying levels Ahead of, of success. Varying curve. levels of success. But I think this is the year it becomes mainstream and I'm going to endorse it. You play the, looky, rook, you play the rookies where they lie. Exactly. And this year, they all lie in the forward line. You, sorry, you play the rookies where they lie, except when it's in the ruck line. Because, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but they're all up forward. I think this is the year to do it. And then you can shove it down back because you look down back, you've got Tom Highmore, 117K, will play, I think. Maybe. 85%, 80% sure that he'll play. Um, Jason Kaczynski. Uh, we'll play. Not, he ain't kicking six goals every week. No, you don't want him on your field, but he'll play. Um, Lockie Jones? Mm, doesn't feel like he's going to play. No, we only played a half in the practice match. Uh, Will Gould hasn't been signed. <laughs> no, no, doesn't exist. Does, it, does he exist? We don't know. We don't know. I don't well, this, think this he'll be there. An- jo- another discussion, because there's a lot of these 200k players in defence as well. Mm, so I've got one of them at the minute being Jordan Butts from Adelaide. Jordan Butts? $175,000, um, $176,000. Looks like he'll play. I've had a, had a decent discussion with Baron Von Crow about him. He seems pretty bullish on him. All of his draft notes from a few years ago were that he's an intercept defender who can play as that, that third tall. Generally a reasonably super coach friendly role. Would I have him on field every week? Probably not. 
Um, I think he's he's someone worth playing ahead of, say, a Lockie Young at 200k, who's perhaps less likely to average that 70 that I think Butts might, or that 65 that Butts might, whereas I think... What about, Young... like, a Jordan Clark or an Orazio Fantasia? I have Jordan Clark in my side, and I don't like it. Mm. I, I don't like it. Part of me wants to throw out my 13-keeper build, which is the build <laughs> I've tried every year for 10 years, and just pick every single one of these 200k players and see what happens. I... I cannot express to you how much I do not want that. <laughs> and it would keep me up at night, every night. Hayden Young? I like Hayden Young more than Clark. And I, I don't know why the, Clark did all the scoring against Essendon. Um, like, I mean, Clark is in that stage where you're like, is he best 22? He probably should be. He should be best 22. Do you, like... You know, he's only a, a bad, you know, one or two bad games away from not being best 22. Whereas if it's a Dane Zorko, two bad games, still going to play that third week. Yep. Jordan Clark, in a premiership, in a side aiming for a premiership full of experience, full of players that know what they're doing. Jordan Clark's a risk. Hayden Young, less so because Fremantle, young side. Young is trying, you know, they're trying to develop him into, you know, the best kick in the comp, the best kick out player in the comp. But I, I just don't like the mid-prices in the back line. Like, is Oleg Markov going to score enough to justify picking him? I don't think so. I'd rather just start five defensive primos than start three and two mid-prices or four and a mid-pricer or four and two rookies. I just want to go really deep in the back line. I think uh, we've kind of touched on it. Worth noting that with the teams only being named 24 hours out before each game, apparently round one, they're pushing... I read that they're pushing to have all teams named on the Thursday. Hopefully that happens. I doubt Please it. Please, God, let that happen. But outside of that, it, the 24-hour notice thing, maybe I shouldn't be looking at my team build and coaches out there shouldn't be looking at their team build going, I want, thir- I want X amount of keepers. Maybe they should be looking at, I want X amount of best 22 players. With upside. So that speaks to picking a Joe Danaher, a Jack Zebel. They've got injury question marks next to them, but job security, really high. And I'll shout out to Supercoach George. He's put up a video on his YouTube channel, if I remember to, I'll link in the description, where he has gone through every rookie priced option and mid-pricer in this video and assigned essentially, you know, upside price scoring potential, and then job security. And I think job security is a really important one because if we pick Jordan Clark, as you just touched on, and 24 hours out from Geelong game, or one hour out because they do late changes every single game, and he's out, you're shit out of luck. If it's a rookie, it's like, at least you can digest that. You can swallow it. I know that the premiums I'm picking aren't getting dropped on form. No, and the mid-price is, you know, Fantasia probably won't get dropped on form but again port's a really good side there's competition for spots whether or not he's half forward or half back which speaks to these like 300k guys again or 200 to 300k guys danaher best 22 impy best 22 uh clark questionable best 22 right. oleg markov is like 90 percent sure he's best 22 up there jai coldwell best 22 yeah. these sort of guys maybe that's the we're kind of going in circles here for the listeners but 
what's the most important thing? We know that there's shit, there's shitful rookies in defense, and there's good rookies in the in the forward line. Should we be focusing on just will this guy play? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what that's how I've been going about most of my side, and how you know that's dictating where a lot of these players are going. In in the you know I look at the midfield and think Tom Powell will play, Connor Downey will play, Errol Goulden will play, Tanner Bruin will play. There'll be two other uh, midfield rookies that crop up, whether that's you know, Sam Berry, Alex Davies. That they'll they'll pop up. There's a couple um, of those hundred K guys, that Scott bloke from Western Bulldogs, yeah, he Lockie might McNeil get into that as team. Well. They'll you know, I'm confident enough that they'll pop up. The plenty of forwards and I'm I'm kind of looking at that going, well, if they're gonna play, I'll pick them and then go go around it for the rest. Um very quickly, we're running out of time. Um, but are there any mid prices, um, you know, f- forward or, or mid? I know we haven't spoken about the mids, mid prices. Are there any of them that jump out at you? The bloke that, so my F3, the Dane Zorko position, has been constantly changing between him and Jai Caldwell for that extra 200k to make the upgrades back to Lloyd and Oliver. So. If they're named and they're healthy, uh, Zorko probably disappears and I bring in Coldwell. He's the top of the chain for me in terms of mid-pricer just because, you know, the role's there for him. Essendon kind of suck <laughs> and he's forward eligible. I'm, I'm not mad. It's true. It is very <laughs> true. We suck. Uh, he's probably the main mid-pricer for me. I'm not, I mean, do we talk about guys like Liam Duggan and Hunter Clark and stuff? Um, Are think, they mid-prices? I, I don't know anymore. 2020 has kind of ruined any notion of, of what things are. But I, I, 2020 taught us that you need players that are playing in order to not have donuts, and this year won't be as chaotic. But I think it did also blur that line. Hunter Clark, Liam Duggan, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think they're, they're maybe mid-prices. I'm not. No, James Hunter Clark, Harms. Yeah, I'm not. I don't love anyone in that price bracket because I don't think any of them are sitting at that level that, say, Sam Doherty did a few years ago, where you look at them and go, "You're a, you're a red hot chance of being a top eight yeah. player." Hunter Clark, maybe it wouldn't surprise me come season's end if he was a, a top eight player. I'm not going to take that gamble when there are that many other players around. I know our mate Craig. Shout out to Craig. He's picking him. Shout out Craig. Uh, um, yeah, so Jai Colwell's at the top. Dyson Heppel. No. Fantasy Freako's locking him in. No. Fantasy no, 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 Freako no, no. makes no. the game. No. Fantasy Freako could give Dyson Heppel 300 points each week, and I still wouldn't. I'd actually, I would pick him. But, like, I, I don't... What about your boy Tom Green? I really like Tom Green. I can't fit him in. Is that um, all... you can't fit him in, or is it the eye salad 2.0? I Salad 2.0 is one of the dumbest things I've ever said. <laughs> um, look, it's both. It's like if I wanted to, like I could find a way to fit him in. Like he doesn't fit in nicely. He's not. There's not a Tom Green shaped hole in my side. I could rearrange it to make a Tom Green shaped hole fit in my side. I don't trust Leon Cameron enough. Like if, if I knew that, say, you know, something tragic and that, you know, Jacob Hopper went down with a knee for the year and that spot was there. I would be all over Tom Green like a rash, like an ice snack 2.0 over a wafer. I'd be all over it. But I just, I just, nah. Okay. My one final mid-pricer for you. We've talked about necessity for security, best Mm. 22 player, shit team. 
forward eligible, Jaden Stevenson. No. 91 points in the, in no. the, the preseason game. No. 27 disposals. Yeah, I mean, once again, we're going to loop back in a circle. If he's good, I'll get him later. We are allowed to do that, aren't we? We are allowed to do that. We're um, allowed to go from a Dane Zorko down to a Jai Coldwell at round three if we want. Even though my one one of the commandments <laughs> is you will not trade after t- a primo after two weeks. Maybe this is a year where we can break that. I feel like that rule might just be broken forever after 2020. I feel like, you know, if you're jumping on a Jordan Ridley, like that 200k could go a long, long way. And I think you might be better off. Yeah, maybe approaching it that way because it's easier to generate that cash to or to easier to say right this primo isn't quite doing what i want them to do let's put, jump them down to a mid-pricer than it is to pick a Jaden stevenson and then get three rounds in and realize oh he's not a good super coach option yeah. and he's what playing in the forward do? pocket why did i do this this is the worst and then you don't have to deconstruct your team to try and get rid of him it's much easier to go down from an expensive player to a cheap player than it is to go from a cheap player to an expensive player. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Any final thoughts? I know there will be a questions podcast coming out next week. If you're still with us and still listening, um, get your mailbag questions in. Shoot an email across to jockreynolds8 at gmail. No, no, we've changed it. We've, we've changed, changed it. it. Scratch Hang that. Hang on. Give me five seconds. We can um, just pause the podcast. We're in control here. Uh, demo. All right. So... There's going to be two podcasts a week this year, maybe more, who knows. Uh, There's actually going to be some slight changes. The traditional podcast, this one you're listening to, will have a rotating host with myself because Patch is a grown-up boy with adult things in his life and and I'm a sad man who has to do a podcast every week. (laughs) But the second podcast, which we're super excited, I don't think we've officially announced it, or we have on Twitter, but this is an official announcement. Damo and Clarkie, and maybe others, but Damo and Clarkie will be doing a weekly mailbag podcast. If you want to send in your questions, send them to jockmailbag, J-O-C-K-M-A-I-L-B-A-G, at gmail.com. Your questions will be answered. I think that podcast is going to get recorded on a Wednesday for release on a Thursday prior to Teams. So get your questions in jockmailbag at gmail.com that's going to come out every bloody week and I guess while we're pumping things up the cheat sheet's going to be back cheat sheet Daddy Maddie's doing that the biggest thing we do each and every week uh, Foz Daddy is taking over the uh, what's it called the panic room the panic room the panic room Kev is also stepping back a bit this year um, we'll still be around here and there on the old internets but yeah having a bit of a break on that front so Foz has been handed the keys to the much-beloved Panic Room. Um, I have full faith in his Simpsons meme abilities. I think Az is jumping on Hindsight, which is the Sunday afternoon article. Yep. And I believe Baron Von Crow is back with all the State League stats, and uh, that's going to be awesome for the new VFL. We'll have all the, the players in contention for, for spots, and the up-and-coming rookies will be able to watch and see their scores in one place. So heaps of stuff's happening. Heaps of stuff is happening um, we'll still be with you through the year. Um, good luck in the four days between now and the lockout. Good luck, community. Uh, hit us up, jockmailbag at gmail.com or on Twitter. And make sure you uh, head to the Jock Reynolds page. Find the thread I posted about how we keep the website running. And if you 
do want to donate a dollar or two and buy the lads, not me, but everyone else who works on the website, a couple of beers, you are very welcome to Patch. Like dog. We end as we started. We Together in person recording very poor audio off a, a Blue Yeti microphone. <laughs> and off a weird coffee table. Wow, it's come full circle. It has come full circle, <laughs> but we will see you around the community. Best of luck. Go Blues.